Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can hear it and respond. So Lord, would you give us hearts to respond to you this afternoon, that we may glorify you in all that we do. Amen. So God's people are suffering in Egypt, but God has a plan. He has a plan to save them, and his plan is Moses. And Moses, you would think, being God's rescue plan for his people in Egypt, would be the most impressive character you've ever met. You would think that he's important, that he's well-built, that he's impressive. But he's not. I mean, if you flick back a chapter and look at chapter 2, we find out that Moses was, well, he was actually a murderer. He had murdered an Egyptian uh, slave master. And until very recently, he was a wanted man in Egypt. Pharaoh wanted to kill him. That pharaoh passed away, but Moses still had a lot of baggage. And on top of that, Moses has some kind of speech impediment. He is slow in speech. It's not exactly a great CV, is it, for someone who you're going to send as an ambassador to Egypt. And knowing his character flaws, Moses begins to doubt God's choice for this mission. Am I really the right person? And he begins to make excuse after excuse. He starts to count himself out of what God is about to do. I can't be the only option. Surely God can find someone better, more appropriate for the task. Better spoken, less of an enemy of the state. And then finally, that last verse that we had read, Moses counts himself out completely. Send someone else. He knows he's not the right fit for the job. But God isn't satisfied with Moses' excuses. Moses may have counted himself out, but God has not. And here's why. Moses was not called on the grounds of his abilities or his leadership potential. He was simply called to relay a message to Pharaoh. And the key to that was the promise that God made to him in verse 12. Chapter 3, verse 12. When he says, I will be with you. Now this is not a promise that Moses will feel God close to him in every single moment as he steps out and goes to Egypt. But it is a promise that God will be with him actively, whether he feels it or not. And then God reveals to Moses his name. In verse 14, he says, I am who I am. But note there's a little A after that. 
And if you look down at the bottom of your page, there's actually a slightly better translation, I think. And it is, I will be what I will be. And this name that God calls himself is far more meaningful than just a label. It tells Moses something about God's nature. It tells Moses something about the one who is sending him to Pharaoh. It tells us something about the God who's just promised to be with him. See, the God who is going with Moses was the God who would be whatever he needed to be to fulfill his purposes in the world. And so it didn't matter what Moses thought he could or could not do. It didn't matter whether Moses thought he was the right person for the job. Because I will be what I will be was going with him. I will be what I would be, would do whatever he needed to do to bring about his completion of the works that he had planned. And he could do that even with the seemingly unfit for purpose, Moses. And we know the rest of the story, don't we? We know that that unsuitable messenger becomes Israel's greatest hero. He sees greater things than anyone else, perhaps, in the whole of Israel's history. He sees the Israelite people freed from slavery in Egypt. He sees God leading them by a pillar of fire through the desert. He sees God split the sea in two. He sees God make water come out of a stone and manna fall from heaven like dew. And so many more things. And to think that Moses nearly counted himself out nearly counted himself out from seeing all of those things, from being a part of all that God did because he wasn't the right guy, because he wasn't this or he wasn't that. Just like Moses, so often we too count ourselves out of what God wants to do in our lives. Now I was a pretty reluctant vicar, I'm going to be honest. Not because I don't think it's the coolest job in the world, but because I regularly doubt myself. I regularly doubt that I am the right kind of guy for this kind of role. I'm not good enough, I tell myself. I don't know my Bible well enough. I'm not cool or trendy enough. I'm far too grumpy. Lydia will tell you that. I'm dyslexic and find reading difficult. God, you can't use a guy like me. Send someone else. Now you might be sat there thinking, how the heck did John end up there? Well, it's a good question. But it's because the same God who called Moses with all of his flaws, also called me with all of mine. 
throughout the last few years of life, going to college, training for this role, and probably throughout the next few years that I'm here continuing to train and learn, I'll be growing in the realization that maybe, just maybe, God could use a guy like me. Not because of my skills or abilities, but because the God who calls me is the God who will be what he will be. And he will bring about his plans to completion, even through me. And that God, he's promised to be with me. He's promised to be with me every step of the way as I step out with him. And he's promised that through the power of his Holy Spirit. Now it might be that I don't feel God with me all the time. But the promise stays true. That God will be with me actively whether I feel it or not. And who knows? Who knows what my ministry will bring? Who knows what God will do? What God... What signs and wonders we will see God do throughout whatever 30, 40 years of ministry I've got left. But one thing's for sure. If Moses' story is anything to go by, I don't want to miss out on that. I don't want to count myself out and say that I'm not good enough. After all, it's the I will be what I will be God who has called me and promises to be with me. So often, we count ourselves out. We make excuses for why God can't use me, why God can't work through me, why God can't heal me. We say, well, yeah, maybe he'll work through Lydia because she's a vicar, or maybe she'll work through, he'll work through that person or that person, but, but not me, not me. I'm too this or I'm too that. But if my story is anything to go by, or if Moses' story is anything to go by, that simply is not true. It's not about what we can do or cannot do. It's not about who we are or who we're not. It's not about what we have achieved or what we have failed to achieve. It's all about the God of Moses. The one who will be what he will be. The one who calls us. And he has called us, each one of us, to join in with him. To join in his work of seeing his kingdom made known. He's called us to a family member a neighbor, a community maybe, maybe a, an executive job or a caring profession, maybe somewhere the other side of the world. It doesn't matter where it is. The promise is that the God who says, I will be what I will be, goes with us. And he will bring about 
his work to completion. He will complete it. And he can use us. Whether we feel him alongside us every single day or not, the promise is there that he will be with us actively. And he will bring his good work to completion. That's exciting, is it not? Is that exciting? That God can use people like us to do his work. And he calls us to join in and not miss out. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that even when we count ourselves out, when we say we're not good enough or we're not this or we're not that, that you do not. You say, I've got something just right for you. And what's more, I will be with you. So we thank you for that promise that you go with us that you fill us with your spirit when we ask. And we thank you that you will complete all your good works. You will bring them to conclusion. And Lord Jesus, we pray that you would you would help us to step into the roles that you have called us into. And that we would know your spirit filling us, enabling us to do the work that you are calling us to do. That we may see you glorified. That we may see your kingdom come and your will be done here in this place. In Jesus' name we pray.